0: here filled with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Amen. Anybody been baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. In, in Acts 1 and 8 it says after that, uh, that you shall receive power. Amen. Supernatural power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. Amen. And I was reading that the other day and I heard a preacher preaching on that and I he stopped right there and he said, man, if you're not being a witness, you're not doing what God's commanded you to do so it doesn't just stop with receiving the power of the holy ghost we've got to put that thing into practice we got to put that thing into play so to speak amen and and uh like i heard one preacher say you know the devil's so dumb he th- he actually comes to an apostolic church service amen and he, This preacher said, I just turned around to him one day and said, come on, we're going to go worship Jesus. If you can handle that, you're better than I thought you were. Amen. But the devil can't handle. The Bible says that the very mention of the name of Jesus, the devil has to flee. Amen. And, he, it you know, I just, this is what I believe. I believe that the devil does come to our church services because he wants nothing better than to disrupt what God's trying to do. That's been his thing all along. He's trying to disrupt what God's trying to do in, in this earth. Amen. He thought he disrupted things when he had Jesus put on the cross. Amen. But he didn't know that he was fulfilling God's plan. Amen. And so, amen, he is not going to, he's not necessarily going to, to come in here and cause us to sin or do anything like that. But he's not going to stop messing with us. He's not going to stop trying. Amen. Amen. You look around this world. Brother Parker's already talked about it. All the, all the violence and all these things. I just believe that that's just the devil just throwing everything but the kitchen sink at everybody and everything that's going on. I think it's to me anyway. It's a, it's a sign and it's, it's something that's telling me that the end time is coming. Amen. And so he's going to put his last-ditch effort into everything. And so we have to remind him (laughs) that we have the power. You know, the Bible said that when Jesus was leaving this earth, he said that his Father gave unto him all power and authority and dominion in the earth. Amen. And whose power do we have living inside of us if we have the Holy Ghost? That same power. Amen. That same power, that song said, that that rose Jesus from the grave, lives in me. Amen. So we have more power sometimes than we even give ourselves credit for. Amen. Amen. It's like having a a Ferrari out in front of the church there full of gas and having the keys, but you never go out there and start it. You just look at it in your garage and say, isn't it pretty? Isn't it nice? It's, It's a powerful car, but you never put it on the road and use it. Amen. We've got this Holy Ghost. Amen. And I, you know, we were just singing that song, uh, and I've sung that song since I've been in church. But Sister Barb, I'm not just going to hold on. Amen. I'm going to, I want to make a difference in this world. I don't know how that, how God's going to do that through me, but I want my life to make a difference. Amen. I I want that. I want that's what I want people to remember. You know, if I go to the grave before the Lord comes, is He made a difference for the kingdom? Amen. I want to make a difference, don't you? Amen. If we have the power of the Holy Ghost, if we've been baptized in Jesus' name, Amen. If we're living for God, Amen. Then we then God's got some great things in store for us if we'll keep ourselves available. Amen. Brother Parker was talking about that that. That relationship, my wife was also mentioning about that relationship. amen, and so today we're going to minister just a little a very brief uh, time today and I want all of us if we could turn to our in our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter seventeen, starting in verse twenty two Acts 17, verse 22 through 31 says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that all of you, all these things, you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, see, they were having devotions. They were being religious. They were having devotions. They were trying to serve a God. They just didn't know what the name of that God was. And I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly, that doesn't mean they're ignorant, that just means they didn't have enough knowledge to understand who it was they were worshiping, you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. He's going to clear up their, their mind. He's going to clear the air for them and explain to them who this God is that they're worshiping. And God that, hath, God that hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and of earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. He giveth life and breath to all things, all individuals. All creatures. He is the God of, he is the creator. He, he said right there, he doesn't need our help. He's God. He, he put this whole globe, this whole mud ball together and put us on it. And so he doesn't need our help. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and bounds of their habitation. That word hath, there hath determined is past tense. He's already done it. He's not thinking it up as he goes along. He's already done it. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though they not be not, though he be not very, be not far from every one of us. He's right here. He's the omnipresent God. And so you can't turn around and not run into God. He's everywhere. He fills all space and time. So there can only be one God that fills all space and time, right? If there's two, then then one of them's there's a problem because only one God can fill all space and time, right? That's pretty simple. For in Him we live... And move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also His offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art or men's device or men's thinking. In the times of this ignorance or this not knowing, God winked at or He overlooked it. But now commandeth He commandeth He gives a charge to all men everywhere to repent so there's a charge god has put out a charge to every man since the beginning of time to repent that same charge is still stands today and so there's people out there that still haven't repented but that they're not they're not going to be relinquished from the responsibility of honoring that charge that god has given every creature that is created right so it's up to us. We have to come to that place of repentance. He's calling everyone to repent. Everyone just doesn't come. Amen. Because he hath appointed a day. He hath appointed a day. In, which, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he hath ordained. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men. All men have that assurance if they'll just do something with it. In that he hath raised him from the dead. Thank you, Father, for this word today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power, your glory. Lord, we bind every devil, every demon, and every spirit in this place. And we loose your angels, Lord, to minister, the ministering angels, to minister in this place. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. God's timeline. God's timeline. Amen. Timelines are used to represent periods of time and events that have occurred in that particular span of time, as you can see on on the screen up there. And in in school, uh, every one of us went to school or maybe still going to school Uh, In our history books, our geography books, there are timelines that are used to show events how, when they happened along a period of time on a line. It's kind of like a, a plotted line in math. There's a timeline. So U.S. Yes, history, world history, the formations of the Earth, uh, as studied by geologists, and all these things are have been a put on a timeline, and you can go find these timelines, and you can see the, the the Mesozoic era, and this era, and that era. You can see when on a timeline. You can look back at it and see when when when. Uh, the Civil War took place, and when the War of 1812 took place, and and you can just follow that timeline. And even when we were in uh, the PI classes, one of the instructors uh, that was teaching in in the Purpose Institute up in Eau Claire was really fond of using those timelines, because he wanted us to kind of like take a step back, and to it's like God. That's how He kind of sees our life. Like we're on it. We're a, pot, a plot on a timeline. And so we're as you step back away from that timeline, he would he would begin to go through that timeline and show where where different things happened in the Old Testament, different things happened in the New Testament, and how at the same time there was this other timeline where the the lineage of Jesus was traveling all the way through time, on this timeline. And meanwhile, there's there's us on our timeline. Amen. And so even though even uh, Bible scholars use these timelines and uh, not only for what things have happened but a lot of times they'll they can they, a lot of people that are into prophecy and all the things that the bible has spoken about are are plotting the things that are going to happen you know men have tried for years to to put a, a a point on a on a line and say 88 reasons why the lord's going to come back in 1988 they tried to put a point on that line and, and they oh well okay wait 90, 92 reasons why the Lord's not, uh, Lord's going to come back in 1992, and all, you know, it's just silly. You know, we, we can't really predict because God's not going to give us those points until we get there. So God is not some, as we read in that scripture, He's not some idea that we thought up or came up with. He's not some little God that we formed into a little shape and said, there's my God. He said, he said in that scripture, I don't need man's help. I've got this. I, I made the timeline. And so He's not some little G God that we manage and manipulate to satisfy our whims and desires. And sometimes we can be guilty of that. He predestinated predestinated us to be a part of His kingdom when His plan was formed in His mind before He ever spoke one molecule into existence. He already had our whole life planned out. How many believe that today? Amen. The Bible says that Before he formed us in the womb, that's what he told Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. Now, what does that mean? I knew you. I. What that means to me is he had my whole life laid out. He had my whole life predestinated. If I would just follow his will, that it would go this way. It would be like a timeline running down this side of the church. That's God's timeline for my life. But, you know, for most of, until I was almost 30 years old, I didn't really follow God's timeline. I was on this line over here. I was on Vince's timeline. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was having my way, doing things my way. But there came a day one day when somebody invited me to a church. And God was, had been working some things out in my life. And he caused me to step off of my own timeline and to step over onto his timeline. Because, you know, there's there's a path that we're walking in this world today. And I know this seems a little strange, but this is what God spoke to me. Amen. And and so we've got to, basically, we've got to get on God's timeline and get off of our own timeline. Amen. Talking about that relationship. with That's how you stay on God's timeline. Because there are events in your life that are ordained to happen at a certain time. But if you're not there when that event's supposed to happen, if you're somewhere else, not on God's timeline, something that, that event's not going to happen. That individual that you were supposed to reach is never going to be reached because you stepped off of God's timeline onto your own timeline. Psalms one nineteen, eighty nine 89 uh, through 94 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances. It's God's ordinances. It's not ours. But you know, God gave us a will. For all thy servants, unless thy law had been my delights, unless thy law had been my delights, I should have perished in mine affliction, trying to do things my own way. I will never forget the precepts for them, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. I, in him, we live and move and have our being. It's in him. I tell myself that every single morning when I'm when i laying in that bed and that alarm clock goes off, or if the Lord wakes me up, that's one of the first things that comes out of my mouth. Father, in you, I live and move and have my being. I'm awake right now and breathing because you let me breathe through the night you let me stay alive through the night you let me wake up and hear the birds tweeting outside my window he has established everything ahead of time god is not making this up as he goes along he's not wringing his hands wondering oh now what do i do in our life amen His plans, his principles, his precepts are all laid out, and they all were laid out before we were ever born. He already had a timeline for our lives established. He's not making this up. He is just not making it up. He's not just wringing his hands and hoping that we make the right decision. Amen? You know, I think about when I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or when anybody receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is a moment in time. When God takes our word for it, that we're going to serve him, because most people, when they come to an altar and receive the Holy Ghost or they receive it in their home or whatever, they're making a commitment to God and they're saying they're sorry. And they're saying, God, I'll do whatever I got to do to serve you if you'll just fill me with the Holy Ghost. Right. And and there's a lot of people in this world that renege on that and they walk away from God. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, knowing that he gave us a will to choose, he gave us the will, the right, and the responsibility to choose. That's the only creatures in the earth that he gave that to. He gave us that will and that ability to choose and that responsibility to choose, and he knows that we can choose and then turn around and choose to walk away and step off of his timeline onto our own and just run in our own life. He's, he is just an awesome God that he would do that. He's taken the gamble. He took the gamble when he came to this earth and was, was nailed to a cross for a lost world. For me and you, before we were ever born, Brother Terry, He he was doing that for us. And he was counting on the fact that we would make the right choices and decisions and to walk in the path that he chose for us because he orders our steps. But we, he's not going to force us to serve him. If that were the case, we wouldn't have buildings big, big enough to hold all the people if he just made everybody serve God. But he gives us a choice. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? That's, that's one of those scriptures... Right there that I call a hard saying. That's one of the hard sayings of God, of the word of God. Ye are not your own. It's a question, but it's like a rhetorical question because he's already he already knows the answer to that question. For you're bought with a price. Amen. That means that you are bound with a contract. You weren't the one you didn't get the bid on yourself. He put down the bid on you and he it's like that I don't know if anybody remembers that song about the old violin. Guy went out and and went there's a song out there a Christian artist wrote and a guy goes out to this auction he he bids and this old violin gets set up on the thing and it's one one give me 1 dollar he'll give me 2 and and nobody's bidding on it. <laughs> And then this guy walks up and tightens the strings and starts playing it.
1: Before long,
0: thousands of dollars are being bid for that same violin. He had that in mind for us. We were that useless-looking violin. But before we were ever born, he already saw every trial and every test that we go through. He already saw everything. He already saw where we were on the timeline. He saw the places where we might step off the timeline and get on our own. And he saw the places where some did do that. Amen. I love the testimony of a backslider that God has brought back into the kingdom of God. And, and they can testify and say, I can look back and see where God was, even though I was off of his plan and off of his timeline, I can see where he was trying to move me back out of his mercy and grace, trying to get me back on the right track. We are bought with a price. Therefore, I glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are gods. You're gods. You're not your own. Ephesians 1, chapter 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings of in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. He's already chosen us. He's already put us on his timeline. But it's up to us to stay there. To do the things necessary to stay there. That we should be holy. That we should be holy. Not that we shall be holy. Not that we absolutely will be holy. Because it's our will. It's our choice. That we should be holy. And without blame. Before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The good pleasure of his will. To the praise uh, of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted and beloved. And in verse 11 it says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated. There's that word again. According to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We gotta be, being on the timeline is like being submitted to the will of God, to me. I, I, when I'm on God's timeline, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I'm submitted to His will. Things are gonna happen in my life that I don't understand. You look at Job. Job was a man after God's own heart. Job was a man that just walked with God and yet God allowed the devil to go down and mess with him and make him go through some stuff. And if you go to Job 38, you find out just before that that Job got a little kind of haughty and kind of uh, lifted up in himself and thought he was somebody. And so in, in Job 38, God fixes to kind of straighten him out, and he starts asking him questions like, Where were you when I made the lightning? Where were you when I created everything? Where were you, Job? Stand up like a man and answer me. You know, we we gotta be careful. I gotta. Be, I'll speak for myself. I gotta be careful. I mean, I I'm gonna be bold in the things that in the power that God has given me, but I have to remember my place in Him. Amen. He's my Father. I'm His son, but I'm also His servant. Amen. It's not not John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist said, "I must decrease. He must increase." Jesus himself, when he went and prayed before he was crucified, said, Nevertheless, not my will, Father. Thy will be done. And what he was really saying, I don't understand this in my flesh. I don't like this. But I know I have to do it. And so there's some things that God's going to require of us. That word predestinated means to determine or decree beforehand. So, you know, what? To me when I read that scripture, because he said that he he has he has created every individual, every soul the Bible says is his. Whether they know it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, every soul belongs to the Lord because every soul is going to be judged on that great white throne judgment day. And they're going to be judged by what? Right here. Like I heard one guy say, I gave you the This is the final exam. I gave you the answers and I gave you the questions. You have no excuse but not to get 100% on the final exam. All the answers are right there. Amen. And so he predestinated every individual in this earth to be saved. The problem comes in is that they have not made that decision. And in some cases, they don't know yet that they need to make that decision. And that's been my prayer since I've been here. God, there's some people that don't even know your name. And I I just feel like give them the opportunity to hear about this gospel, to hear your name, to at least give them a chance to make a decision like you gave me the chance to make a decision. I I could have made the decision in the other direction. And I could not even be standing here if I had chosen to stay on my own timeline and do my thing and follow in the footsteps that I chose for myself. I could be lost right now. Out there just as, you know, as lost as anybody else that's lost. Amen. But God came into my life and he brought some things into my life and he gave me the opportunity to make a decision and to choose to serve him. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That man preached for over 30 years and never won one soul. But God kept telling him stuff. This is what I want you to say to Israel. This is what I want you to I want you to try to, to help them. I want you to try to get them off the path that they're trying to go down. And they wouldn't listen, and they wouldn't listen, and they wouldn't listen. And he spent 30 years preaching, and nobody ever listened to him. Amen? But he was on God's timeline. Do you think? Now, I, I, it doesn't say this in here. This is just me. I think there were some times that Jeremiah felt like, well, this is, this is no use. They're not listening. There was probably some times in Jeremiah's humanity that he wanted to just walk away and say, God, this is pointless. They're not going to listen. And I think that, I think every time that he started thinking that, because he didn't have the Holy Ghost, God would just give him another thing to say. This is what I want you to go say. Just when he was thinking about turning around and getting on his own timeline, God would say, oh, wait, i got one more thing I want you to tell him. So it's just like he kept, kept on and kept on and kept him because he needed... Him to be there to, to at least tell him, if nothing else, so that we could come back today and read that and say, okay, God is going to show mercy way beyond what we would to His people, because we would have just wrote them off. The you know the the first chapter of Jeremiah would have been it would have been over. We didn't just wrote them off. If it was us, well, they're on their own timeline. Let them go. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace, which is God's unmerited favor and His empowerment in our life to do the things that we can't do on our own. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We have to be on God's timeline for our salvation to have any to be of any use to Him or to us. It's a gift from Him. We didn't deserve it. We didn't even earn it. He did it for us. All we had to do is just receive the gift and step onto his timeline and submit our life to him. It says, not of works lest any man should boast. What would any man boast about? I did this. I saved myself. I didn't need God's help. You know, the Bible talks about if we're going to boast in anything, we need to boast in the Lord. We need to brag on him. All the bragging and all the boasting belongs to him. We're not supposed to boast in ourselves because we can We can do nothing. That's right, Brother Richard. Except, my, except I abide in him and my, he abides in me and my word. We cannot do one single thing without him. Without being on his timeline. For we are his workmanship. Verse 10 says, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained. Here we are talking. He's already before ordained it. That we should walk in them. Walk in them what? Walk in them good works. Not our good works, lest any man should boast. It's not who we are. It's not all the good things that we do. It's not our own human effort that we're boasting in. We're boasting in the things that he's doing through us. Amen? I don't want to... I don't want this to be taken wrong. I don't want to work for God. I want God to work through me. I just want to be the vessel. I I, I can run around and do a bunch of stuff for God out of my own human effort and it not be the, anything that God told me to do. Just me running around, and I'm just going to wear myself out doing that. But if I just step back and say, okay, You're ordering my steps. You tell me what to do. I'm on your timeline. You tell me. He he's going to give me light for one step, and not and no more than that. In my experience, that's all I've ever had is enough light for the next step. He's never given me light for way down the road. He because he doesn't want to do that. I have to walk by faith and not by sight. I I can't walk by what what I can see happening in the future. I got to walk by he's leading me. I'm on his timeline. I'm on his. He's ordering my steps. I hope everybody's understanding this. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life. Now, of course, everybody knew that or a lot of people knew that Jesus with the baby was born and all that. But after that, for the next 30 years of his life, he lived in obscurity. Nobody everybody kind of forgot. Nobody knew who Jesus was, they, except for the ones that lived in the village where he lived. And they all said, well, that's Joseph's son over there working with his dad and. In the in the carpenter's mill, making furniture. But when his ministry was when he as I heard one preacher say when he locked the door to that carpenter shop for the very last time, and launched out into his ministry, then everybody knew who he was. Now, do you think he was on a different timeline? No. There was a there was a big blank place from when he was born until he was 30 years old, where the next period the next spot came along on that timeline when. Here's where Jesus' ministry was launched, three and a half years. And so sometimes in our walk, sometimes in our life with God, we feel like, what's going on? Nothing's happening. We get discouraged. We, we want to jump back over on our own timeline because nothing's happening. But God is working some things out. God was working some things out in, in the life of Jesus Christ. He was working some things out in the life of Joseph When he had all those dreams and all those visions and that coat of many colors and then he ended up in prison for things that he wasn't guilty of. I think it was for almost 20 years or 12. It was a long time before he was elevated to that position as second in command in Egypt. And Joseph probably didn't understand, why am I going through this? This this doesn't feel right. This this doesn't sound like anything I dreamed about. Why am I going through all this? Anybody ever felt that way? Moses felt the same way. Joshua felt the same way when it was time for Moses to stop. It was time for Joshua to start taking over. And Joshua probably was feeling like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But it was that point on the timeline, it was Joshua's time. Whether he thought he was ready or not, it was Joshua's time to start running, running things and, and take Israel across to the promised land. Amen. Amen. We had a young man come to our ministers conference from Singapore, brother Timothy, pastor of the church in Singapore and, and that church was started and, and basically by brother and sister Willoughby who were missionaries. He was from Tennessee, I'm not sure where she was from, but they spent, you know, a lifetime, uh, adult lifetime raising that church up in Singapore and there came a time when brother and sister Willoughby passed away. Both of them of cancer. And, and oh man, Only me. Only me. It's only water. (laughs) Brother Timothy got up and testified in that service. And he said, man, when they passed away, I wasn't ready. He didn't feel like he was ready for that. But God knew he was. He was on God's timeline. And as he stepped, as he began to step with that one, that light for that one step, as he began to step into that, God began to just just open the doors and just start using him. And he is being used mightily in that church in Singapore to take it beyond anything that the, the, the Willoughby's ever would have thought of. And they're, they're reaching people around the world through all the different nationalities that are coming through that church. From China, from the Philippines, from all over the place. And so Saul, Saul was the same way on that road to Damascus. Saul, he was a religious man and he, was, he thought he was doing right. But Saul wasn't on necessarily on God's timeline. He was, but Saul was kind of doing his own thing. He was going down that side. And, and there came a moment on that timeline when Jesus showed up and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And the events that happened in Saul's life at that point turned his whole life in another direction. He jumped over on God's timeline. And God told Ananias, this one that's wanting to kill you, I'm going to use him for the sake of the gospel. And he sent Ananias to tell him that. And Ananias had to tell him, you're going to have to go tell him the things that he must suffer for my name's sake. Not just you're going to be used of God, but you're going to suffer some things. Amen? If we are not totally on God's timeline, we're falling short of his expectations and planned destiny for us. You say, God has a destiny for my life? Yes, he does. It's up to us to decide if we're following God's destiny for our life. Because when you're not your own, and when you're bought with a price, you don't get to decide. I don't get to decide where I'm at, what's happening on the timeline that I'm on. I don't get to have a say. I just get to be submitted and obedient to the Word of God, to the will of God. Paul, Saul, had to be obedient to the will and the Word of God. He had the opportunity, just like I did when I walked to that altar and received the Holy Ghost. Paul had the same opportunity to say, you know what, this isn't for me. He did. And we, we read about Paul in the Bible and we just think, oh, well, that just happened. And there and there was no no conscience or no questions or no doubts in Paul's mind. But he was as human as I am and as you are. And I'm sure there were doubts in Paul's mind even after he had his eyes open. I'm sure even after he went through all the trials and the things and the beatings and the stonings that he went through, I'm sure there were times in Paul's ministry where he just thought, man, is it worth it to stay on this timeline? That I'm on. Is it worth it? But he made the determination. Yes. I'm going to, not going to let anything or anyone separate me from the love of God. Because that was a profound moment in my life. And he could see. Paul had the ability, I believe, as an apostle to see beyond where he was standing. He God gave him the ability to look down the timeline and see the importance of his ministry in this world. Now, I don't know... I, I don't know, I don't even have Bible or, or scholars or anything for this, but I believe that Paul was able, if, if John on the Isle of Patmos could have the visions that he had, I believe that Paul could have had a vision of seeing all the way forward to this day that we live in and seeing the importance of his ministry and the words that he was writing for the sake of the gospel being preached in our day. Because God is, he's, no, he's not limited by time or space. So he, if He could show those things to John, if He could show those things, those visions to Daniel, He could show those things to Paul. He can show those things to us. Amen? But He's got us on His timeline today. Going back to Acts 17 and verse 30, and I'm, I'm about done. Uh, the last part of that scripture that we read at the beginning, He said, In the times... Of this ignorance, not, or this not knowing, this not understanding, God winked at her. He overlooked it. And God's overlooking in His mercy and grace, I believe. He's overlooking the ignorance. And He's, he's winking at her. He's, he's overlooking. He's, he's, he's showing forth His mercy in this last day. Because in God's mind, there's a lot more people on His timeline than are on there right now. There's a lot more people to be added to the church daily such as should be saved that have not been added yet. And that's where we come in because we are on that timeline, too. And there's going to come a point in our life. Each one of us has our own place on that timeline. And there's points on that timeline in our life where we have to be there at that point at that particular time for certain things to happen. For certain souls to be reached. There's people that I'm never going to talk to in this city. But there's people that you're going to talk to every day. And God's expecting you to be that witness. But there's going to be people that he's going to bring across my path. And he's expecting me to be that witness. And I I can't wait for somebody else to do it. I'm on the timeline. That's that moment of opportunity. I can't let that pass me by without at least telling them. Amen? Because the only alternative to being with Him in glory is what? Hell. Hell. Hell was created for what? The Bible says for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for man. But there's a whole lot of them are going to go there. And if it was created for a spirit being... The devil and his angels—it's going to be bad for people, really bad. Amen. And you know, I sometimes I just I drive down the road and drive through La Crosse, and I'm praying. I'm thinking, Lord, I don't want any of these people to go to hell. I don't want them to go to that place. I don't know what. I don't know what. what can I do? I can't. I can't save anybody. I can't. I can't do it. But you can. So give me the opportunity to at least tell them, to at least, you know, pull them out of the fire, the Bible says. Pulling them out of the fire. Amen. God walked and lived as a man on this earth, feeling what we feel, dealing with the temptations and the things that we deal with, with, yet without sin. He walked his timeline and never faltered and never looked away except one brief moment that I already talked about where he... Went and prayed and said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. Father, just let me step off the timeline for just a second. I don't know if I can go any further. I don't know if I can handle any more of this. Anybody ever felt that way? I don't know if I can handle another day of not knowing exactly what Your will is, but having to walk by faith and do it anyway. Amen. He needed to... He needed." He needed to stay on his timeline for one reason, because there was a whole bunch of us right there that when he came to that cross, that point on his timeline, when he came to that place, there was a whole bunch of us right there too. past, present and future that he was dying on that cross, that the father, the Lord of glory came down and robed himself in flesh, put himself on his own timeline so that he could die on a cross so that we wouldn't have to. So that we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to suffer that. Amen. All we, all he requires of us to do is to come to him. The Bible says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Get on his timeline. He's not going to put anything more on us than we are able to bear, without giving us a way of escape. We got to get on God's timeline today. Can everybody stand? Now, God was dealing with me when he was giving me this, and um, and he really gave this to me because he's dealing with me about a lot of things in my life and my ministry and, and a lot of things in your life and where you are. God is dealing with you, and God's been talking to you today. God's been ministering into your mind because, you know, he knows where you are. He knows your unique situations. He knows your unique trials and t- tests and all the things that you're facing in your life. He knows where you are on your timeline. On His timeline. And He knows if you're not on His timeline, but on, out there on your own timeline somewhere. And, and God wants you to be, He, He wants the very best. Amen. He wants the very best for us today. Let's sing this song right now. You probably know it.
1: It says, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will while I am waiting. Yield it and still. Have Thine own The potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will.